Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and once again joined by my co-host here, Mister Sean Siegel. Sean, uh, we're another week um, into different stages of lockdown around the world. Hopefully, all our listeners out there are healthy. Hopefully, they're well. Hopefully, this uh, podcast that we're going to do, as well as the podcast across the Rotoviz network, will be able to take their mind off that and will focus on something a little bit more positive for a short period of time. And in this case, obviously, fantasy football. Lots to talk about on today's show. We're going to look at a number of different aspects, a piece that you had up on the website about who could possibly be the next Aaron Jones in terms of that uh, running back who has a hugely productive season. We'll be looking at some players as well that are ADP risers in some of the high stakes leagues. So I always think high stakes is a good way to kind of gauge the, the feel off the ADP changes based on the amount of money, obviously, that those players are putting on the line um, and obviously then putting in that research to make sure they make the right decisions to to not lose that money come the end of the season so i guess the the first thing i'll, I'll say sean how are things this week going as well as as can be expected and and certainly like you said we hope all our listeners are doing well yeah this is a fun time of the nfl season a little bit quieter than usual uh some certain informational types of things that we don't have this year that we have in most seasons but it's also lent itself to an exciting draft process free agent process and we're in the time period right now where we are seeing uh, some player moves in terms of adp we have opportunities to go out and make trades I know a lot of people in the kitchen sink leagues and a number of other uh, sort of community leagues are really getting into those trades with uh, being stuck at home and, and having a chance to, to really go over that and be part of their fantasy community. So hopefully your fantasy community is doing some of those same things for you where you're getting a chance to interact with some people virtually and make some fantasy football trades. So we'll have a lot of focus on some different things you can do to improve your roster during this time period before the NFL draft yeah absolutely and we'll also have lots of different you know we're not getting as much information in in terms of uh, pro days and things like that but we have a lot of information up on the website as well in terms of these prospects and you can get access to all of that content and save yourself 10 percent off a road of his nfl pass right now available through the nfl podcast homepage that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast that will help get you ready get ready for all those trades using all the tools up on the site get ready for the draft and those prospects for your dynasty drafts by reading all the great information available to you once again 10 percent off that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast sean i teased at the start two running back prospects that look like the next Aaron jones but they come at very different costs a piece that you had up on the the website over the, the course of the last week um obviously Aaron jones player on the the packers so a player who i watched a lot of last year but you know having uh, such a productive season last year in terms of touchdown upside being able to get into the end zone as much as he did uh, do you think that that's going to be something that first of all he can sustain moving forward it's it's a number that we talked about maybe a little bit on last week's show um but in terms of the 
the volume. I don't know if we're ever going to see him be the, the true workhorse uh, for the Packers. They seem to talk away from that option quite a bit. But firstly, Jones, is he somebody who you think could uh, you know do this again second season? And also then, who are the guys that you think that could be that next step uh, to be the next Aaron Jones in the, the 2020 season? So I think what the Packers have done with Jones is the perfect template for what we would really like to see from a lot of our running back committees, where he gets a lot of those high value touches. They're able to use his explosiveness in points of the game where they can really benefit from that. And the overall strength of the offense puts him in a lot of good situations. And I certainly think that while the touchdowns may not stick quite at that level, he's certainly a back to own because the Packers have figured out how to use him within this committee in a way where his fantasy floor should continue to be very, very high. It's cool to look at this. He was one of the our favorite guys from that draft when he came in in 2017, even though you know he wasn't even the first running back the Packers drafted in that draft. They've gotten good value from both him and Jamal Williams. But you look at his dynasty ADP right around the 200 level prior to his rookie season there, jumped up to uh, the 100 range, dropped a little bit below that right before the season uh, going into 2018 and that strong season there before 2019 he's just inside the top 50 and now this year after the overall rb2 season he's moved into the top 25 so uh, we probably are not going to see a similar path from either of these two options but we do have two guys who look remarkably similar to aaron jones uh, two guys who disappointed a little bit in the 40 and yet have these explosive peripheral athletic numbers that give you a sense well maybe even without that sort of size speed profile they could still be explosive players at the nfl level and those two guys are eno benjamin and clive edwards elaire uh, both players you know, five nine for benjamin five six for edwards elaire uh, 207 pounds benjamin comes in just below that four six 40 uh edwards alaire right at four six and so when you're looking at speed score obviously both of those guys are going to struggle benjamin at the 35th percentile edwards alaire at the 27th percentile but once we get beyond that it gets pretty exciting right aaron jones someone with a 37 and a half inch vertical 127 inch broad a 6.83 cone so really those types of peripherals where you're thinking okay well maybe the 40 doesn't tell the whole story benjamin comes in 39 inch vertical 122 in the broad gets under that 703 cone time Edwards Elaire doesn't have the agility numbers tested in there, but a 39 and a half inch vertical, 123 in the broad. And we see a little bit of that in their production profiles here. Both of these guys have had incredible collegiate seasons. Edwards Elaire in 2019, Benjamin really had his peak season the year before. Colin, looking at these numbers and looking at how close they are to a back who I know you're a big fan of. What are you seeing from them that sort of piques your interest? And how much of a, a concern is it for you that they don't appear to be to have real NFL speed, especially when they're not huge backs? Well, something you mentioned about with Aaron Jones as well is when you're if you're getting those kind of positive opportunities and and you know, say in the red zone and say the 10 yard line in particular, it's gonna give you a huge boost 
in all elements you know and you don't really need that breakaway speed we have seen jones use what he has to be able to break away even though it's not a you know a lightning especially for a running back at a 4.56 but the other two guys that you've mentioned there and benjamin and edwards hillier the the two of those i think fit the mold quite well for uh the Aaron jones kind of i don't know if you'll say prototype but kind of similar similar statures all around I think that when you look at um, Edwards Hillier, I think he's somebody who's going to profile more to be the pass catching back. I, I know we probably all always wanted Aaron Jones to be that guy. So he he has concerns without the breakaway speed and then being mainly in for the pass catching element of it. You know, um, in terms of receptions, that was somewhere that he had a, an advantage at college over Aaron Jones. Um, but the RB dominator score that he finishes with then is a 0.48, which, you know, is quite considerably less than Benjamin at a 0.70. Um, I think that there is a chance that both these go, and there is obviously a big difference in the value. But when you go back to Jones, it's maybe it's not as unusual as it looks, but he had a very steady increase in terms of, you mentioned his ADP rises over those seasons. It was very, very balanced, but we've always had, up until last year, I guess, where the touchdowns got him to the level that he is currently at, we always had that situation where we thought that the Packers should use him more for so was Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy should use him more. I remember a number of games where that was like, you know, the, the Twitter sphere was just calling out for, for more opportunities. He had a big game against Seattle a couple of years ago, but on very, very limited touches, and that kind of continued. So I think Jones is a very kind of specific skill set that he's able to utilize in both those areas and have enough volume to get him uh, to be able to do those things i think benjamin's somebody who could do very similar to what jones has done in the right situation i'm just not sure about edwards hillier if, if it's going to be something that all comes together for him to get that opportunity um you know in terms of the the draft as well depending on where these guys end up but i know jones came in the, the 182nd pick when he went in 2017 but in terms of running backs, that's still a pretty solid investment, depending on where these guys go. Maybe they'll go a little bit higher. It really, I feel a little bit sorry for running backs in the NFL, demand, especially you know what the contract situation we're seeing a lot of these guys get to the end of their rookie deal, and then they're kind of cast aside. There's no more value for them. They're not getting a chance to get paid after that rookie contract. Um, and what's happening as well is we're seeing a lot of turnover in guys who don't have early success um you know getting players then coming in the following year in the draft and it can turn over very quickly for those running backs so if i had to pick one of them i'd be picking uh benjamin uh, of the similar kind of role but um it's hard to it's hard to know if they'll uh, if they'll ever get to the current level that Aaron jones is at at the moment do you think that one of them is you know as is, is somebody who you'd be confident in seeing making that leap to the nfl and then pushing themselves towards uh, you know even top 50 and a, a dynasty you know adp or, or do you think that both of them are, are long shots well one of the things i like about both guys is they come in with uh, two of the youngest ages of any rookie and you can check out uh, all of the rookies there in our 2020 rookie age database from dave Cabin. but we know that running backs who come in and play their rookie season at age 21 uh, far outperform all of the other age groups we know early breakouts are important and uh, this is an area where benjamin he had that 1900 yard uh, 18 touchdown season back in in 2018 so someone who from an age and experience adjusted perspective benjamin has really dominated you pull these two guys up and you watch the highlights and for players who are kind of in that intermediate range they're not small backs but they're not maybe the bell cow size backs both of them go out there break tackles they hit defenders they wriggle free from guys and uh, you know have even done it against some elite competition now you know for a 207 pound back 
at the NFL level, you know, are they going to consistently be breaking tackles in the backfield, getting away from these 300 pound guys? Maybe not, but it's great to see them uh, with that elusive ability and and maybe even more than specifically the broken tackle it's just that feistiness to get out there and really compete not go down at first contact and so then we look at you know what we can realistically project them to and the running back prospect lab is a little bit skeptical of both guys it has edwards elaire at 54th percentile you know benjamin at 47th percentile benjamin really knocked by how bad his yards per carry is in this last season here where he's a little bit more of the focal point but then it's kind of interesting because we get to the rookie scouting index. You can go on the site. You can see where the scouts have these players. And Edward Zilaire, the number four back, Benjamin falls all the way to number 10, right? So what we're looking at here are probably some very different values from the players. You pull up volume two of the Dynasty Command Center rookie guide. We've got mock drafts for three different formats in there and so you can see where people have gone uh with different people drafting different formats edwards elaire was always picked between 110 and 204 benjamin a full round later between 210 and 303 now that gap is also reflected in their current prices in best ball leagues where there's almost a 100 point difference or 180p slot difference there and so i think what we're really looking at here are two very different scenarios where based on his performance for lsu last year edward zilaire uh, is really expected to go out there and make an immediate impact and and that might be difficult right part of the thing that we've talked about is that jones got to benefit from a little bit lower expectations he got to stair step all the way up where each year he built on his dynasty adp there aren't a ton of great draft situations now uh, almost a third of the teams in the nfl are going to be adding players at running back whom they're going to need to make some kind of difference as soon as this year right but there aren't a ton of uh, perfect situations for a back like this maybe with this skill set to come in and be able to meet what the expectations are right away and so i think for him the the, the risk really is that he'll have a hard time living up to those expectations. Benjamin, on the other hand, not nearly as trendy after the down 2019 season. And based on his profile, I mean, he offers a lot of things, like you mentioned, that NFL teams are going to want and that fantasy owners are going to want. And so at the prices there, I think if you load up on Benjamin right now, it's going to be difficult to not make some kind of profit either because you're playing him and scoring points or able to trade him for more later on so i think you're seeing two fairly similar prospects and the difference in price really informs the direction that you want to go yeah there's a there's a gap in you know in terms of the 12 team leagues of, of almost uh you know in and around 80 to 100 places based on the two guys and the one i mentioned in benjamin is actually the one going second so wh- when you're looking at the moment sean is that for you for me it'll be clear in terms of the player and the value that i would be going benjamin between the two of the guys is is that the same for you it is i really like benjamin at the prices that we're currently seeing for him well it's not necessarily fair to expect uh, a player who is similar to aaron jones to have the career that he's had because really he's really hit you know his ceiling outcome right if you look at the different types of players uh, and the different types of careers that he could have had i mean he, he's had the best that you could have for what you come in with his particular characteristics on the other hand benjamin i think if someone is going to follow in those footsteps do some similar types of things i really like him as the guy both due to what he is as an athlete and what he's already shown as a collegiate football player certainly the fact that you're getting a big discount right now is very exciting 
With currently no NBA, NHL or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events and games to wager on or let them bring you to Vegas with their online casino and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. And if you're into props and betting entertainment, you can get on and get betting on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices or even the weather. Visit their website today and receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Once again, that is BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So Sean, before we get into the second half of the show, I'm just going to mention as well that uh, on the Rotoviz report this week with Hassan and Blair Andrews, uh, we did have one of the guys from Bet Online on to talk a little bit about uh, wagering at this kind of interesting time, obviously, with what's going on in the world with a lack of sports. But uh, if you want to listen to that after you listen to this one, lots of good talk there with Blair and Hassan as they were joined by one of the Bet Online team to discuss uh, the kind of ever-changing landscape at the moment. But when we get into the next piece of the show, we're going to talk about one of the the articles Neil Dutton had up on the website uh, over the last week or so and uh, talking about some recent ADP risers um, and high stakes leagues I teased this at the start of the show he did mention a few Sean I'm kind of going to give you the opportunity to pick which one you want to highlight most um, out of them the first one up was the the Brown or the the Rams backfield obviously a lot has changed there since uh, Todd Gurley has has moved out of town the other player he mentioned was Hayden Hurst have you have you have highlighted a couple of times and the other two then were Kenny Stills uh, and Teddy Bridgewater obviously Bridgewater's ADP jumping up based on uh, the new situation that he's likely to be the starting quarterback not jumping quite as high as maybe I would have uh, expected over that period of time with the you know the the deal that had happened but out of those is there one of them that you wanted to to highlight first yeah this is a cool article by neil here it gives us a chance to see where people are really going we've talked about winners and losers on the show in the past based on free agency and the different tools here give us a chance to really see where people are going how much of a move are they making it's one thing to say this person is a winner this person is a loser and knowing that they're going to move some but how much they move gives us a real sense of whether or not that player is still a value or not and while the different best ball ADP tools we have are going to be somewhat specific for best ball. And you do want to understand what the tactics are for those leagues. We have the best ball workshop up on the site to help you uh, kind of drill down and learn about the specific things you want to do in these best ball leagues. It also gives us a sense because we have a lot more volume in these types of leagues right now. What types of things will happen in redraft? What types of things will happen when we start to get a ton of dynasty startups going after the NFL draft? And so this gives us a real window into the values that owners are currently putting on these players. And I think it's interesting here to look at this running back situation with Darrell Henderson, with Malcolm Brown, and see where those guys are going. Neil points out that Henderson is up about 80 spots, uh, Brown up a little bit over 100, 113 spots there. And so Henderson moving up into the 80 range and my question for you would be, is that where you like him? It seems to me, and, and there'll be an article out about this soon, but that Henderson is one of those guys where people are still sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop here. The Rams, even with these two guys, and a lot of people have liked uh, one or the other of them as sleepers in the past, even with Gurley on the roster. 
that owners are expecting a move in the draft here that will take away some of the value because Henderson, even after the bad rookie season, is a guy you would expect, I think, to do better in this offense than what his current ADP as is that the way that you're looking at this or do you think there's just very much skepticism about these two players and maybe even the Rams offense as a whole after a little bit of a down 2019 season I think there's a, obviously you mentioned there the downside there was quite a better downside to this offense last year compared to the heights that they reached kind of the year previously when they, they made it to the Super Bowl um, and, and really if you remember back to two seasons ago when they did make it to the Super Bowl a lot of the the offensive stuff started to kind of fall away after the the big game against the Chiefs where they had that high scoring shootout prior to a bye week so uh, there's a lot of things that went wrong for this team last year and I think there's a lot of ways they can look to bounce back you often see the team have that kind of Super Bowl hangover uh, in terms of the, the backfield um, you mentioned there the kind of reports going around that it looks like they're going to uh, luck to have more than one kind of running back leading the way now they've they've the reports have said more than one workhorse does that mean that they plan to really up the, the carries on this offense and have two guys sharing the load you mentioned kind of earlier about how the Packers have utilized uh you know Aaron Jones and um, you know having more than one back there actually can help that that other featured back because they're getting that opportunity um you know to, to have that rest and to be more productive in the situations where the team needs them so I think there's an interesting thing that could happen here with Henderson. You mentioned at the moment where his uh, ADP is, you know, it's into the top 100, has gone up around about 50 spots. Um, but what's going to happen here is his ADP is either going to kind of stay similar and possibly dip a little bit um, after the draft if they take a running back with an earlier pick. Um, the situation is going to be if they don't do that and the running back that they take is maybe, you know, fourth fifth round or later uh, you're going to see that adp continue to climb so i think at the moment out of the two of them the one that i definitely would be buying would be darrell henderson you mentioned um you know back to people hoping for the other shoe to, to kind of drop when he was drafted last year there was a lot of hope that he could possibly even come in and maybe take away some of the the work that garley would have even if garley was healthy so um you know a third round pick last year 70th pick in total off the board um still 22 years of age i think i think there's a lot of potential still there for him so i could see this backfield probably falling into something similar to the packers you could even have a third back in there with the two guys splitting a little bit of work unless it's a draft pick that's going to go in the first three rounds and unless it's a situation where they really have seen what henderson has done so far and don't like him i think that it's going to be you'll, you'll see that adp continue to rise after the draft because i would expect them to give him the first opportunity and i, I do think there's still like this time last year if Gurley had been moved we would have been so hyped after the draft on henderson getting that opportunity so i'm ready to to get aboard this year and uh, you know you know be excited to see what he does are you are you drafting him at his current ADP? I know I have quite a few dynasty shares from last year. Is he somebody who you have on those rosters as well? I am drafting him here. And as you mentioned, it's possible even a third back could come in here that parallel to what the Packers are doing, I think is absolutely perfect. We've seen this Rams offense be even more explosive than that. What they were doing last year with Gurley did not allow them the level of explosiveness that they need and while it might not be fair to ask henderson or brown to be the back that Gurley was at his peak certainly i think they're expecting these players to be better than what Gurley was last season especially henderson right we've talked in the past couple of shows about 
the breakaway rushes in college. Dave Cabin's really cool article on that, how it does have some predictive ability for the NFL. And I think that just goes without saying that if you're going to be a back who can be explosive in the NFL, you would have needed to be able to demonstrate that in college. Henderson was right there with Nick Chubb in those rankings for players since 2014. They tied for the third most breakaway rushes. You go back to Jordan Hoover's original draft profile on henderson and he talks about how he's one of only 10 players this century to average at least 8.5 yards per carry on 130 more carries in a season and and henderson did it twice (laughs) he was the only guy on that list obviously to do that twice he's an explosive running back and once he's unleashed in this offense i expect his uh, adp or obviously in season his trade value to absolutely explode so definitely a possibility that they add someone here i think it will be to take brown's role in the offense as opposed to henderson's certainly we don't know that for sure but at these prices you can certainly take the risk on adding a bunch more henderson yeah so like last year you know in terms of it was deeply disappointing uh probably you know it couldn't have probably went worse it wasn't on the scale that we would have seen um you know you know uh with the bucks down in tampa two years ago where you know ronald jones we were hoping the bounce back would happen last year we've seen some elements of it but we didn't see a lot but i I think that like henderson's rookie season probably couldn't have went much worse but it it still has stuff to to have me with uh, confidence moving forward and you know obviously you look at the possibility of another running back coming in you know Todd Gurley last year didn't have a you know fantastic season and we all know the issues with his injuries but he did have 273 opportunities you know on the season so there's a huge vacuum of touches there you know even if 150 of them go the way of uh of henderson and then the other 123 go you know between say malcolm brown and another running back that comes in because brown himself had 75 touches last year that's over 200 touches for that second and third back to split so there's still plenty to go around there hopefully henderson gets more than more than 150 attempts but uh you know there is a lot of uh, upside there especially if that running back that comes in just simply takes malcolm brown's uh role and then leaves it with a one two points so very interested to see there the other the other guys who were mentioned there uh, the one that has made uh, the biggest jump would have been Hayden Hurst. You'd mentioned him a couple of times on the show. Um, going to be going to be an interesting one. I know you're a big fan of Mark Andrews as well, so it's going to be interesting the, the tight end landscape. The one I'm interested to get your your take on is uh, Kenny Stills. Um, in terms of you know Hopkins and his move uh, out of out of uh, Texas all the way up to Arizona, um, the situation then obviously has seen quite a, a spike in Will Fuller's ADP. Do you, you know, I remember back to a couple of years ago, you know, there was, I think it was a 10 touchdown season that Stills had. He does have that upside, you know, he has especially touchdown upside. And if you're playing a best ball, he's kind of a real prime target for best ball leagues. Do you think that uh, the Texans, I think they make a move at wide receiver in the draft still. Um, but what what's your thoughts on Stills? Is he somebody to target? I, I, as I mentioned before, I'm on the, the I can't get off the Will Fuller bandwagon at this point. But Stills is still somebody that has ADP that is is intriguing, especially in baseball. Stills has made a big move here from uh, just outside or around the 240, 250 range to about 180, which certainly puts him in an area that is not that expensive for what his upside is at the same time i think that stills is going to continue to be what he has been which is a very good 
second or third receiver, not exactly a role player, but someone who is not going to emerge as a true star. Now we say that, but we also want to admit that there is this upside scenario that with Deshaun Watson, with the speed that Stills has, with the fact that he was able to incorporate himself into this offense very seamlessly in a hurry last season, that there is at least some opportunity for him to take the next step now the tricky part with this passing offense is that in order to cover up for the hopkins trade in order to really build out this receiving core they're probably going to make a move in the draft and then you have a wide receiver depth chart that's actually fairly crowded again and it's crowded with players that for whom it's not really clear what direction the targets are going to go if they're going to stay healthy obviously we like will fuller we think that he can be the guy but even as a secondary player he was not reliable because of the injuries if they add one of the top 10 wide receivers and because of the depth of the draft and because as you and i have talked about we actually like some of those guys in the 6 through 10 range a little bit better maybe than the players after lamb and judy uh, they could add someone who then really does muddle the stuff chart to where you have Fuller, you have Stills, you have Cobb, and then you have a rookie who is also uh, trying to get up to speed. How much rookies will actually make an impact in this 2020 season if we do have a lot less in the way of practice and a lot less in the way of contact with teams? Uh, that's still up in the air. But uh, Stills is one of those guys for me where I would almost certainly still prefer to go in a different direction at that pick and in that range of the draft tactically you need to be doing some different things but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if he had a good season because he's in a good opportunity he's a good player and obviously has a quarterback there who uh, perhaps can elevate some of the players it'll be interesting to see how hopkins does somewhere else certainly we know he's a star but now we'll really get to see what deshaun watson can do on his own and i think it might be even better than some people are thinking so an offense here that still has plenty of upside i think an interesting pick not one that i would personally be making but certainly not one i would criticize either yeah something i think could be interesting you know you mentioned there the players on this offense and injuries and so on obviously will fuller's had a, a big spike in his adp but he is somebody who just cannot stay healthy and you know if he plays 16 games this season i, I will be shocked um but if you look at stills as well there is a, a very viable combination that you could take both of those guys um because there's such a wide gap between their current adps and obviously then if something did actually happen to fuller stills could potentially be stepping into that number one role in this offense so something uh, that could work out for you depending on how you're drafting this offense because if it was a situation with hopkins and then fuller i don't think you could get those two guys paired into the one uh, roster but with the gap between stills and uh, fuller i think that's something that um, is interesting to look into but with that that's going to do it for today's edition of the show i hope you've enjoyed listening along um, as we mentioned we hope you're all well out there make sure you subscribe to the show on both the individual feed and the main network feed that way you'll get all the episodes as soon as they go live we're trying to get lots of content out over the next couple of weeks we'll have some special draft shows as well uh, coming up as well so do stay tuned check out the feed for those coming up my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over Ireland. as always joined by sean siegel make sure you're checking out the rest of the work that he'll have up on the website as the week goes along here once again obviously that is rotaviz.com until we're back with another show have a good one
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>